0: Welcome to the wrestling Fam Talk Show. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ron.
1: We're doing the New Year's Smash review of Dynamite that just happened. What did you think overall of this show before we even start?
0: Um, I thought the storylines were great. They're, you know, progressing. Uh, overall wrestling, mm, you know.
1: Well, yeah, I felt the same way. I felt like the in-ring action was a little amiss, but the progression of storylines were the main focus yeah. of today's show. I know you mentioned that every time they go back to Jacksonville, they kind of...
0: I feel like they get kind of lazy. They're like, you know, uh, this is like, you know, our little spot where they can kind of chill. But I feel like every time they you see them wrestle there, they kind of get complacent is what I sh- should say. Because compared to when they're on the road... They kind of have to put put their best foot forward, you know, when it comes to all that.
1: Yeah, with uh, Tony Khan owning the area and Jacksonville going to fill up the arena when they go on the road, they seem to. Well, sometimes, but most of the time, it's a hit and
0: miss. Yeah. Sometimes, but majority of it is pretty good.
1: Now, I mentioned uh, in a few of the videos we did uh, before how I like these multi-person man, whatever you want to call it, tag team matches. It seems like as I wanted a survivor series type of pay-per-view or show, it always seems like when they have a multi-person match, they load it up and they loaded it up today with a multiple five on five, three on three matches. It always seems to be kind of like they don't do singles tag and then multiple, you know, mix it up. It's like, this is what we're doing today. And everybody's in it. Speaking of that, we, we start off with a 10 man tag match. Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, and Lucha Brothers, they come out and they all get their music played. Now, I didn't look ahead of time of who was going to wrestle tonight. So I'm wondering, huh, who are their opponents? FTR's music hits, and it's FTR and then a bunch of people with Matt Hardy. (laughs) And it's a private party going to team up with Matt Hardy and FTR. I wonder how they feel they didn't get their music played. It's funny, the good guys, they got all their entrances, and then, all right, here's all the bad guys. Come out out the FTRs thing. Again, wild, crazy match, a lot of action, more of a storyline type of matchup. They're kind of pushing the Jurassic Express going to go against the Lucha Brothers for the tag titles, so they have that miscommunication between Christian and Pentagon. And I feel like, you know, maybe this could be the catalyst of a Christian bad guy turn, which I've talked about numerous times, maybe not. But they're using Christian as the middle man, uh, progress in the of progressing the storyline of distinction between yeah. the two good guy teams. Uh, the bad guys get the victory after Pentagon and Christian seem to be arguing about who should be in, who's tagging who. And FTR hits their finishing maneuver. I did like seeing FTR in this matchup. Uh kind of took them away from the pinnacle. I know mm-hmm. I had mentioned earlier I like when those groups kind of jump around, help out some other bad guys. Yeah. Don't have to stick with your group. Throughout the show, I was tending to the kids and the dogs. so We had a busy, busy so show. So I was kind of missing things. I'm, I'm kind of reading here, and it, I didn't realize that uh, – afterwards
0: they during had an the interview. show
1: yeah they had an interview in a christian and pentagon had an argument just kind of talking about a tag match in mm-hmm. the future here i know they got the tag titles on the line between those two tag teams and i missed that part did you get to see that part of it i show? got
0: to see a, a little bit of, towards the end and it was kind of funny that uh jungle boy had this kind of confused look on his face at the end when yeah. The camera was kind of cutting away, and it was just kind of that kind of caught me. It was kind of funny. So it's
1: almost like Christians just making enemies for. Yeah, it way. was
0: almost like what? Like <laughs> what are we doing here?
1: So that's a that's a feud going on right now. Uh, the next match was a six man tag match or a trios match. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz against Santana and Ortiz. Great, they're part of the Inner Circle. They're here helping out Eddie Kingston against his battle against 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Uh, Here in the second match, I'm already thinking, wow, they got a lot of the uh, wrestlers that we actually like on the show. Not necessarily in a match that we want to see them in, but a match nonetheless that we can get to see them wrestle. It seems like 2.0, they're doing a great job of them being kind of sleazy, sneaky bad guys, picking up some wins. Yeah. So they roll up. Uh, One of the uh, proud and powerful, let's see here, he rolls up. Santana, I think. I think it was Santana Mm -hmm. he rolled up. Uh, So Daniel Garcia gets the win this time. After the match, I kind of like things that make sense. So 2.0 beats down Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, and then they get Santana. And... They grab the ring bell and two of them are holding Santana and one of them has the ring bell. And I'm thinking, okay. And Jim Ross is like, we need somebody out here. I'm thinking it's, you know, it's going to be Chris Jericho in my head. Yeah. And I'm thinking he's going to come out before the head smash. No. But no, a la Heart Foundation honky tonk man, when they (laughs) smashed the. Guitar over Macho Man's head, and then Al Kogan came out Yeah, with Miss Elizabeth when she ran back and got him. Chris Jericho waits, and not only does he wait after Santana gets hit in the face, he, he has to have the music played. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, I'm writing this down. Like I said, if you're ever in trouble, and there's not the right song on the radio that I like,
0: I'm not, not coming out. <laughs>
1: there are going to be three people out there just whooping your butt. I'm I'm gonna be scrolling through, and I believe
0: it. I will see it s-
1: scrolling through my playlist.
0: You're like, hold on, hold on, hold right on. on. I don't have the right music yet.
1: That's what it seemed like. <laughs> Jericho was like, "Where's my music?" They're like, "These are getting jumped out there." No, I'm not going out until my music is played.
0: That's the only time I'm coming out. Yeah.
1: And it was just weird. He waited till he got his face smashed, and then I, then I come out. Then Eddie Kingston gets in his face. The whole I don't need your help. I love that. It. It's it's so old school. The whole I'm getting my butt kicked. You come out and say to me, what are you doing out here? Yeah. What? I had everything under control. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty funny. It wasn't supposed to be a funny part, but I was just laughing. I was like, this is this is great. This is making no sense whatsoever. Then we have MJF. They continue with the Wardlow, MJF kind of berating him. And now we find out that Wardlow could be in this match where he could earn a title shot for the TNT title. But if he wins it, he's got to hand it off to MJF. That looks like a worse contract than yeah. a, a, a sleep number contract. Yeah. When you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they dupe you. <laughs> they dupe you. Into a, you can't return something. So so Wardlow signed this contract and uh, it's a bad contract. So anything he wins, he can hand off the MJF. And they got the Sterling guy that represents Jade. He's there as the attorney and then they get him out of there. It is what it is on that one. And then that's when I guess the interview with Jungle Boy that we spoke about happened. Mm-hmm. And then Wardlow comes out for his match. You go, you see Wardlow's opponent, and you go, what, what did you say? Like, what the? What I did, was you,
0: like, who is that
1: Who guy? is that? And it's Colin Delaney. I actually knew who it was. I go, I think that's the guy from the late 2000s, uh, ECW, kind of a jobber guy. Or at that time was the young up-and-comer who... I don't think he won that much. I'd
0: never seen him. I was like, who is this?
1: But here he is, the older version of Colin Delaney. And, of course, it's a Wardlow match. I already knew. You know, picking up those big wins over those big names to be number five. Yeah. <laughs> in the rankings. You know, so anybody out there, if you want a title shot for something, just beat up Colin Delaney. Yeah. <laughs> you will crack the top five in the AEW singles <laughs> Rankings, Boy, that was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. So
1: keep that in mind. Make a note of that. I'm going to try to look for some uh, older older people out there, try to pick up some big victories on them, see if I can crack the AEW competition rankings here. Anyways, Adam Cole and the Bucks and Fish and O'Reilly, they're backstage. They're going to continue the whole... The Young Bucks doesn't like that he's hanging out with O'Reilly and Fish and vice versa, and they have to talk, and O'Reilly's like, I don't know if I can trust you, Cole, and this and that. So then they continue. Then we got Dan Lambert in the ring, and he's cutting his little talk here, talking about Cody and how he was such a big fan of Arn. And just going on and on, sending shots to Brandy. There were a lot of stripper uh, jokes and he even mentioned that Cody had a tattoo like a Transformer. So the crowd was kind of laughing at that. And then Brandy comes out to a bunch of booze. I don't know if you know this or not, but a lot of the fans do not like Brandy. And so they were letting it known. And, of course, she fires back at them. And then they go in and she comes out and she mentions Paul Heyman it was almost like they took notes from the CM Punk MJF promo where they mention a WWE wrestler and then tell yeah. you you are the cheaper version or mm-hmm. the lesser known version of said WWE wrestler or announcer or manager so that shot happened i mean it would have been maybe it would have maybe hit me harder if it wasn't just a few weeks after CM Punk called MJF a lesser-known Miz, but nonetheless, then she gets in the ring, and her and Lambert go at it. And, I mean, there were some great shots at each other, but the delivery just seemed like we practiced this all day together. Over and over and over again. (laughs) And we're going to execute it. (laughs) I mean, it was – you got to – you know, and I've never been in the wrestling business, but I, like – cutting promos and we have fun here well the there's
0: a, a way you can script it but have it flow naturally and have some some
1: natural appeal to where you can kind of let it flow and improvise a little bit. It just seemed like the volleyballs, let's say and the setups were just so perfect. Yeah that's too much. You know when you're talking crap to somebody, if anybody's talk crap and you kind of pick up on something you know, it's not gonna go as smooth. You know, that volleyball maybe to the left or right. It's not gonna be right centered. I don't know. Sometimes your your
0: comebacks you know, at me are very, very centered.
1: Well, I mean, it takes some technique and some practice. You're talking to the guy that just watched people do interviews and talk crap all his oh, life on wrestling. I love my wrestling promos, but what I'm getting at is, you. Know, it was almost like finishing a poem. you know, they knew what each other was gonna say before they said it, and they already had their comeback. You know the volleyballs were just set up too too nice and neat. You got to kind of have that, oh, they don't know what each other is gonna say. That's yeah. the way it came off on me. It could have it could have looked great and sounded great to everybody else, but to me, it just seemed set up too good. like I know mm-hmm. what you're gonna say, and here's the perfect comeback to that, yeah, then. Dustin Rhodes comes out. Now, here's the part I mentioned earlier about the real life and things of that nature. If you're not going to send Cody Rhodes out there to help his wife. Now, I've seen the past few weeks, he's come out for less. He's came out when no one was talking about him. He's came out when someone was just saying a little bit about him. But literally, these guys called his wife a whore, <laughs> a if I can even say that out here, that's what they called her on that, I believe, a stripper, things of that nature. Nowhere to be seen is Cody Rhodes. We have no explanation unless I missed it. But if you're known as one of the main guys yeah. of the company who are who is there every week, no one has mentioned you're not there, why is your brother coming out? Yeah. So he comes out and he gets beat up. And, and I was sitting there thinking, is Brandy going to turn bad and join Dan Lambert and all them? And then I'm thinking, well, I don't know if they can because they got a TV show they got to do together. That would be kind of awkward. Yeah. So they kind of scratched that from my head. But it just seems so set up. You know, Dustin Rhodes came out and just got beat up. It just seemed like a great setup if two people were working together Mm -hmm. and that promo or that interview came off as, we know what we're talking about to each other. You know, it just came off as a cahoots. Like we're working together, but for Cody Rhodes who in turn talk about entrances, someone says something bad about him. You got to wait five minutes for Cody Rhodes to elevate out of the ground, make his little entrance and where. That outfit of his, which I do not like.
0: No.
1: I don't like Cody Rose's outfit that he debuted against Anthony Ogogo when they were doing the British versus America type thing. I don't like that outfit. It really doesn't suit him. Yeah, the the Uncle Sam kind of outfit. But anyways, what I'm getting at is you don't come out now. We've come out for less. (laughs) Your wife is getting degraded by three guys in the ring. One was wanting to fight her. They were about to fight each other. And your brother comes out. And no one has explained to me where Cody Rhodes is. So mm-hmm. in my head, as I'm watching that, Cody Rhodes is sitting at the monitor that you've seen him sit before, like when he got attacked by Malachi, just watching, uh, just watching his wife through the camera, just getting degraded. And this, these guys are going to beat him up. No, no, send my send my older brother out there. Yeah. This ain't the time. Uh. And you know what? Did Dustin Rhodes even get music when he came out? I don't even know. So he didn't even get his music tuned up. So he comes out and gets a butt whooping. And then it ends. Cody Rhodes doesn't even show. Another thing. Okay, now I sit my brother out there. He's getting his butt kicked. Eh, This ain't the time. Yeah. (laughs) This is not the time to come on out. Then we got Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa. Semi-finals, TBS matchup. I was in and out of this match, but from what I caught, they looked like they were running through quicksand. Yeah. Like lifting their legs up for the boots was very slow-mo. And then she would catch the boot and then place it back down, slow clothesline, stuff like that. So Thunder Rosa worked Jay Cargill's leg. Uh, That was the story of the match. Again, the the giant versus a smaller type of theme of this match. Take the leg, chop him down to size. However, Jay Cargill's a pretty new wrestler.
0: Yeah.
1: So now you have a pretty new wrestler who's not able to use both of her legs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which in turn... Where she can't really do the moves as fluently and as well as a seasoned wrestler who's been doing it for years. Yeah. Now she's got to perform these moves while acting like one of her legs is hurt. So they didn't go off smoothly. Thunder Rosa had a weird outfit tonight, mm-hmm. like a superhero. It reminds me of the woman in WWE where they did this superhero thing, like the hurricane and Rosie.
0: Yeah. This one just didn't suit her, her style.
1: No. Like what is thunder Rosa? Why is she, I didn't know if it was, there was a movie coming up or theme they were trying to portray. I don't know. It just didn't fit her. Usually like her outfits or, you know, it matches the theme of what thunder Rosa is. Anyways. Um, Cargill's manager gets up there and, uh, distracts the referee and then someone comes out the crowd in a mask and hits Thunder Rosa with something that shatters. It kind of reminded me of when Macho Man attacked the ultimate warrior with the scepter at Royal Rumble 91 against Sergeant Slaughter, knocks her out. Cargill picks up the victory. The woman disappears. So I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be a mystery. Wow, we can progress this. You know, who did it?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I'm sitting there thinking, is it Diamante, someone that's underutilized that's great? Is it uh, the, the the strong lady that Britt Baker has that I that I really like? That's not, I'm drawing a blank right now. Hater. J- Jamie Hader. Could it be her? Because she didn't want to have Thunder Rosa win the title. No, keep that keep that mm-hmm. uh rivalry going. So I'm thinking, wow, they're going to continue this, this thing. But what happens? That thing that, got hit, uh, that Thunder Rosa got hit with must have not hurt. Cargill's celebrate, and here comes Thunder Rosa, back from the dead. <laughs> Two seconds later, a house of fire. Boom. Hitting Jay Cargill. Then the woman wrestler, the mystery, gets into the ring and attacks her. And now I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're giving us more of a look. Okay, let's continue this mystery. No, the mystery's over. The mask is pulled off after they beat Thunder Rosa down. And it's Mercedes Martinez. I don't know her. She seems like a big deal. That sounds like she was somewhere else and did great at maybe WWE. I don't know. But Mercedes Martinez is there. She has a Diamante look to her. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, when we're talking about tag teams later down the line, her and Diamante could, could team up or something like that. They kind of have that same theme of, yeah. you know, badassery. And uh, so, yeah, but the mystery's over. I thought we could continue this mystery. I was like, oh, OK, that's something I'm looking forward to. But no, no let's just give it away right away. So I'm like, all right, no mystery here. Why wear a mask?
0: exactly
1: (laughs) you wear a mask to hit her in the head only to reveal yourself a minute later yep why why have a mask on what was the point of the mask for the shock of oh it's mercedes martinez
0: apparently but
1: you could have already done that Mm -hmm. you could have already just oh oh look it's mercedes martinez and she's hitting her in the head Mm -hmm. i don't understand the mask if you're not gonna do A mystery storyline. Kind of weird. Anyway, so then we get a recap of Statlander and Layla Hirsch. A lot of women recaps today. Yes. Which I liked. I We
0: we were talking about they need to do more with the storylines with the women.
1: So maybe here we go. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of storylines with the women. I like that Mercedes Martinez debut. Don't get me wrong. But don't. Don't give me the present too soon. It would be like you buying me a present. I got you something for Christmas 10 days earlier. Here it is. Let me open it for you. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's the suspense? It's almost like the person that says, guess what? And then doesn't even <laughs> give you a chance to guess and already tells you what what the guess what is. Yeah. You know. Uh, so it'd be like you tell me, guess what? You're, I'm pregnant. Like Before I go, what? Or you try to guess, you know? Yeah. But anyways... Then we get Britt Baker and Rio a package about that match. Great. CM Punk comes out. He uh, he tells JR, you know, welcome back. I guess JR had some sort of skin cancer, and he's back. Uh, CM Punk mentions Brody Lee because it's been over a year—just a few days over a year—that Brody Lee has passed. And that I'll tell you what—that uh, show they put on for Brody Lee last year, the the memory show or the dedicated show. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Whether it was for a dedication or not, that was a great, great show. And that's what CM Punk said. That was the moment he knew he was going to be coming to AEW. He talks about how MJF is uh, dodging him, saying that MJF has moved on from him and he's fine with it. Just another CM Punk interview. And uh, he did a great job with it. As always, but a lot of talking from CM Punk, nothing really between him and MJF. He did take a shot at Tim Tebow about, uh, Tony Khan wasting money on MJF as, as he wasted on Tim Tebow. I guess Tim Tebow had tried out for the Jaguars earlier this year, but that was about it. And then we get Ricky starts and powerhouse Hobbs. A couple guys I like. They're talking about Dante Martin. And they're going to continue that feud with him because Dante Martin had joined Team Taz only for a week later to turn on Ricky Starks in the uh, little battle royal they had going on for the ring. And then Sammy Guevara comes out and he does his little, I got some cue cards. And then I thought back to earlier when Santana was getting his head smashed in by the ring bell. Sammy Cavara, that's his friend, too, in the inner circle. So you didn't have a match.
0: No, he had cards.
1: So he must have been writing his cards out as Santana was getting smashed in the head yep. by the ring bell as Chris Jericho was going through his iPod or whatever the cool thing is now. And Cody and Rhodes out. was watching this. Yeah, while this Cody thing? Rhodes was watching on TV, his wife about to get beat up. Jericho's scrolling through his playlist. And Guevara is using his markers to draw out the card. And it's no one helps Santana, and Rhodes doesn't help his wife tonight. They're just busy guys. And then Jericho finally found his song to come out afterwards. So, but Guevara, I saw why he didn't come out. He was making those most important cue cards. <laughs> now, as, he, as I read the cue cards, he was talking about wanting to get the title back from Cody Rhodes. The TNT title, it seems the way they're going with Cody Rhodes. If anyone out there wants to look it up, go to Memphis Wrestling and check out how many times Jerry Lawler had that title. It had to be over 70 times, 50 to wow. 70 times. Jerry Lawler wins the title. A week later, two weeks later, some guy debuts or or a wrestler that's been there beats Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler then comes back and beats that dude. Insert new guy to beat Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler. It almost seems that's what the TNT title is. is the Memphis Championship Wrestling of the early 80s with Jerry Lawler. I bet by the time we're done, Cody Rhodes is going to be a 15-time TNT champion. Probably. When it's all said and done. And it's going to be a new person every time to defeat him. And another thing, we are naming these titles after channels. I don't know what I think about that. I didn't know what I thought about it in the beginning. Can you defend a TNT title on TBS? And can you defend a TBS title on TNT? Does it make any sense? If it's the TNT title, should you defend it every week, a la the Television Championship back in the NWA? I don't know. Do you kind of back yourself into a corner? I don't know if it would make any sense for me to be defending a different television cha- a channel on another television channel. I don't know. I would like to see the names of these titles, something else.
0: Exactly.
1: But that was just one thing that crossed my mind. It didn't really cross my mind any time before until they said, you know, we're going to TBS next week. So Dynamite's going to be on TBS next week, same time. And Rampage will stay on TNT. Hikaru Shida, a video package of her and Serena Deep, another feud of the ladies, although it's a feud that I do not care about. I've already seen your three matches. While they were okay, I just, I'm not interested in these two wrestling each other. Yeah. However, I do like Serena Deep, and hopefully she continues on with being bad. And going mm-hmm. on and going for, uh, forward then we get tony shivani he's in there with brian pillman pretty much the moment brian pillman starts talking i'm like where's malachi black when's he going to come out and brian pillman talks and talks and he tries to get angry about you know what he did what malachi black did to griff garrison and he's coming after malachi black and then malachi black appears the dark darkness hits and then he appears Then he just points at Brian Pillman, and then the lights go out, and then they appear, but they come on a little too soon because you see Malachi Black trying to scoot really quick out the back door of the entranceway (laughs) instead of being the whole, I disappeared. No, you just turned around and walked away. (laughs) I saw you, Malachi Black. I don't care about this. I think this is just kind of a filler of time for Malachi Black until... Maybe some of my ideas with Cody and blah 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 goes on. Uh, one thing I I do like to see there is a match that has not been perfected, from what I've what what I've known. I could be completely wrong. The blindfold match, the best blindfold match, and the only one I kind of know of per se. I know the the Freebirds they blinded the Junkyard Dog in the early '80s or late '70s, and they had a steel cage match and. Junkyard was blinded. And of course, Jake the Snake versus Rick Martel at WrestleMania 7. Yeah. But they have an opportunity here to take a special match that has not been perfected yet, which is pretty hard to do now in wrestling. There's so many ideas that have been done. With Malachi Black and the blinded Pac.
0: That'd be pretty good.
1: Yeah, so. If they did that match, that would be something I, I think one of the last few matches that hasn't really been touched for a while. Mm-hmm. be something fresh. They already got the storyline going. Another thing is is that mist mysterious? Do you come over powered by Malachi Black when he hits you with that mist? things of that nature. I love seeing the mist back. Of mm-hmm. course, the greatest to ever do it. There's two great Kabuki and of course, my one of my favorites. The Great Muda. The Great Muda. God, I love The Great Muda.
0: How many times he would sneak up to me with this music.
1: Oh, I loved it. And I knew it was coming. His 1989 <laughs> song. Uh, yeah. You knew You knew The Great Muda was coming after you. So back to the show here. The Acclaimed are backstage. They're talking about the match coming up with Darby Allen. It's going to be Anthony Bowens on Rampage against Darby Allen. And he tell calls them a my chemical romance looking type of guy. They're always taking shots at Darby's look,
0: yeah,
1: especially MJF. And then Sting says they show Sting and Darby Allen. He says, you know, I treat every match like a main event.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's kind of like his tip of the day. Maybe Sting's starting to do with the tip of the day mm-hmm. type of thing for the younger for the younger wrestlers. That's the way I took it. You know, maybe next week it'll be an apple day keeps the doctor away Mm -hmm. or a spoonful of sugar yeah who knows what sting will sting's advice you know sting's corner whatever whatever show he wants to have on darby looks like halfway through his speech his interview he forgets what he wants to say trust me i can tell because i do it all the time while i'm talking on here Whenever you hear a long pause between the words, that means the person is trying to think of what am I going to say next. He's exactly. like Anthony Bowens rampage. <laughs> I'm ready. Hard hitting words words right there from Darby Allen. So anyways, in a video package from Take Conti and uh Anna a J. They're going to be fighting Penelope Ford and the Bunny in a street fight, tag team street fight. So we get to see the ladies' tag team division at its best there. And up next, the main event, the best match of the night, which was the Undisputed era versus the best friends. Not going to go through the whole match. Same Stick from Orange Cassidy. It was great seeing the Undisputed error who is called the Red Dragon. It's Bobby Fish mm-hmm. and Kyle O'Reilly with Adam Cole. Typical match, nice trios match. It was more based off of storyline because Kyle O'Reilly accidentally kicks Adam Cole in the face. They still pick up the victory when the Young Bucks come out and super kick their opponents. They pick up the win. And then afterwards, Adam Cole kind of leaves with the Young Bucks while Fish and O'Reilly are left in the ring. Kind of like, almost like when the uh, Dream Team left Brutus Beefcake at WrestleMania three. Just left them in the ring. They picked up the victory, and Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo and Jimmy Hart, they're getting into the, or was it Jimmy Hart or was it uh, Johnny Valentine? It was Johnny Johnny valentine get into the ring, or in the little small ring leading them away from Wrestlemania 3 and uh, Brutus Beefcake's left there with his opponents, that was the funniest <laughs> thing I know I'm going off on something, but Wrestlemania 3 if you ever watch it, watch after the match, the Dream Team versus the Fabulous Rujos there's a miscommunication and Dino Bravo who's on the outside, he was like the third new member of the Dream Team, he's just yeah. standing out there Brutus Beefcake messes up and uh, and Greg Valentine has, has a little problem with him. And uh, Dino Bravo picks, helps him pick up the victory. But after the match, you know, they leave him there. And then Brutus Beefcake is standing by his opponents. Imagine, imagine, imagining wrestling someone. You're trying to fight each other, pick up a victory. And then that person that was just trying to punch you in the face accidentally punches one of his friends, and then they leave him. <laughs> and then you're both standing near each other going, Well, what, what's happening? Yeah. I'm sorry, Fabulous Rujos. Let's jump, Bruce Beefcake. Mm-hmm. He's right there. Three seconds ago, he was trying to hurt you. Why are we standing together? And of course, later on that night, that's when he became the barber when he helped Roddy Piper cut Adrian Adonis's hair. But nonetheless, the Fabulous Rujos. If you ever fight him, just hit one of your partners because then you can just stand with them. Yeah, they won't touch you. They'll wonder why are you, why are your friends leaving? Why are they leaving? Why don't why don't they help you beat us up some more? Yeah, what's going on here? Anyways, all in all, a middle of the line show. Yeah,
0: I would not, say that
1: not great, not bad. More storyline driven. Matches weren't that entertaining, but picking up on the little interactions of the storylines was fun. And of course, I was having my own fun by laughing at things not making sense. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I bust out laughing the C M Punk interview. Every time they scanned the crowd, it looked like he was giving a speech in church. People <laughs> were like nodding their heads, like "mm hmm," praise it, you know, <laughs> "Amen," I agree. Any time they scanned, somebody was nodding, like mm, "That's right." Preach on. <laughs> so I just busted out laughing, like I don't know. I don't know why people were just all into what he was saying, like, mm-hmm. He's right. Yep. <laughs> MJF doesn't want any of him. Oh yeah. But uh yeah, getting a piece of that knowledge pie. Mm. So here's a here's a story. I guess I'll tell the story here. Since I'm telling stories, why not? So I was about to deploy, what about eight years ago? Had to go through combat training, convoy training, with the possibility of going to Afghanistan. So I don't know anybody there. It was very short notice. Uh, I had just gotten to a base, and then bam, I'm I'm out the door. Some a tragedy happened in my family, lost someone near or dear to me, and then bam, once I know it, I'm a week later, I got to deploy. So I go to training in San Antonio. They beat you up a little bit and whatever, and then you go over out near New New Mexico Texas border. Do do your little training there. So this guy I never met him, but we go to this little radio thing. It was almost like you know you're you're in the you're in the dorm. There's about 50 or 60 of you. You got bunk beds. This is where I celebrated my 30th birthday on top of a bunk bed. Looking at, the, looking at the ceiling around well, people I'd never met my, before in my life. So the way it is, you wake up and you had certain training you had to go to yeah. that day uh, through the Army. And uh, we had this, it was old school radio training. Almost looked like the things they had in Vietnam. How to use that radio. So we're just in this radio training, it's very boring. And all of a sudden, this guy sitting next to me keep, kept going, hmm, hmm. Anytime a guy said a sentence about the radio, "Mm." and I'm thinking, wow, that's where I came up with knowledge pie. He's enjoying that knowledge pie. (laughs) Wow, I mean, it's hitting this guy hard. Like, oh, wow, I can't believe this. I'm astonished by this. So anyways, then we're about to do convoy training. So I know what's coming. So I want to sit by this guy because no one else, it was a small group that did that. And I'm like, I wonder if he does this every class. So I sat a few rows behind them, kind of directly behind them, enough where I could hear them. And they're going through the slideshow of the day of, you know, what we got to do. You know, kind of just a, a pre convoy train type thing slideshow. And yeah, there he is. Hmm. Hmm. And I'm looking, and there are just people like kind of glancing, kept kind of looking over, like, what the heck? Like, why is this guy so enamored? By this boring slideshow. And it, that's where the, the, the saying of knowledge pie comes up. So if you ever have someone that's just mmm and "I" and just can't believe the knowledge they're given, they're having a slice of knowledge pie and they are really enjoying it. So that's what it looked like out in that crowd. <laughs> a lot of knowledge pie being ate being out at the Jacksonville crowd there. But anywho's, I hope you enjoyed the story. So I hope you enjoyed the show. And I do hope you join us next time.
0: Bye-bye.